Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back. It is week two, episode two. We are here. Thank you guys so much for being patient with me as I tried to work out my technical difficulties. That's what prevented me from uploading this episode earlier on Monday. So hopefully I'm either uploading it on Monday night or Tuesday morning. Who knows? Whenever you're here, you're here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And also thank you guys for, you know, not dragging me for filth for talking about Memora on the last episode. I, I really appreciate you for that. Shout out to Diamond. Last week's episode was so much better than I even could have imagined the reception from it. The amount of messages I got, the people it resonated with is just amazing. And I am so glad to have you guys as a part of this little weird, quirky family. So today's episode, we're going to try to continue with the same thing, talking about the stories, struggles, thoughts, experiences that make us beautiful. And today's episode might end up being a bit heavy. So this is my disclaimer. If you are a survivor of trauma, this might be a heavy episode for you. So feel free if if you don't want to listen to come back and join us next week for episode three. That's totally okay. I want to make sure that I'm not making anyone's day more difficult than it already has to be. So in today's episode, I want to reflect on a program that I hosted about three years ago. It was called Crooked Smile. Crooked Smile was hosted as a part of my platform during my last stint in pageantry. It was during undergrad, and the program's basis was basically just women coming together and talking about all the reasons why we feel broken. And then in that program, in that process of sharing, in that process of opening up to each other and just being real and transparent, we found ways to sort of heal ourselves and each other through support. So I haven't hosted a program like that since, but I do want to tell you guys that I went into that program thinking that people would talk about heartbreak and that people would talk about, you know, just overall frustrations with self, maybe depression, maybe feelings of inadequacy. And what we opened up and told each other was so much more. There were women in that room who had been abused physically. There were women in that room, including myself, who were survivors of sexual assault. There were women in that room who felt abandoned by their parents. It was such a heavy heavy feeling in that room and so painful to see these women tell their stories and cry. And sometimes for the first time being in a room and having people just listen to them. So in that room, not only did I get the opportunity to hear the stories of so many different women, and that's where the idea for this podcast first started coming to life. But I also was able to share a personal story of mine. And that was the story about the times that I've been sexually assaulted. And it's painful for me to even admit on this podcast, just like it was in that room, that I've been sexually assaulted multiple times. It's something that I always tend to feel like people won't believe because 
after something so horrible could happen to you one time, it's almost like, how could you let that happen again? But in the process of going to therapy, of course, and unlearning certain thoughts about myself and processing things like trauma, I've learned that there is no way that I could have been responsible for somebody else violating me. There's also no way that I could have predicted that it would happen again. And there's no way that I could have predicted my response. So today, although I don't have a guest on the episode, I hope that you guys will stick with me as I share my story with you. I was about maybe six or seven years old, and I was first sexually assaulted by a relative of my best friend. And when this started happening, I was at an age where I did not really understand consequences. And my understanding of consequences were really simple, I guess, as a child. You think about things just not in the most logical sense, I guess. So when this started happening to me, I knew that I didn't like it. I knew that I wanted it to stop. But I also knew that this person was, again, a relative of my best friend. And I knew that in my mind at the time, I felt like if I had told anybody, if I had rejected this, if I had went to my parents, if I had, you know, gotten this person in trouble, I would lose my best friend. That was as simple as it was for me back then. And over time, it just became something that I sort of internalized. I stayed quiet about it. I kind of accepted that there was nothing that I could do and there was no one that I could tell. And by the time it was happening for so long that I felt like I had to tell somebody in order to get it to stop, the next thought in my mind was, but when I tell somebody, they're going to get mad at me because they're going to say, well, why didn't you tell us sooner? So that begins the cycle for me. And I don't know if, if many of you can relate, but when something happens to you that you start to internalize, that you start to be quiet about, that you start to sort of keep to yourself, especially when it's something painful and traumatic, there are multiple layers of why you continue to keep it to yourself. First, it was me being afraid that I was going to lose my best friend. Then it was me being afraid that I had kept it to myself for so long that nobody was going to believe me or that they were going to get mad at me. Then it was me starting to blame myself. Well, if this is still happening, I must be doing something to cause it. I have to be too nice to this person. I'm coming over to to the house too much. I am not avoiding the situation. And this is me thinking all of these thoughts throughout the ages of six, seven, eight, nine years old. So eventually it stops because we sort of move away from this person. I'm no longer in their immediate grasp. And I'm thinking, okay, this part of my life is over. I don't have to experience this anymore. And In my naivety, I guess, I'm thinking that this is the only person, this is a bad person. So nobody else is going to harm me the way that this person did because this single person is a bad person. Of course, I didn't know the way that the world worked at the time. So I didn't know that bad people were a lot more common than I thought they were. So over time, it happened again. 
and it typically was always an older boy who felt like he could take advantage, who would put me in a position where I was coerced and coerced and coerced and I would say no and they wouldn't take no for an answer. And it continuously happened, not repeatedly, not every day, not every week, but every couple of months, every couple of years, something similar would happen again. I was pushed into a corner and physically assaulted even for a moment. And again, remember I'm telling you guys that by this time I was convincing myself that I had to have been doing something for these boys to keep violating me. These were boys that I should have been able to trust. These were boys that my family probably trusted. These were boys who should have been considered friends, should have been considered something like brothers to me. And yet they kept doing things that I didn't want to do. And basically just coercing me and coercing me and coercing me until I felt like the word no didn't even matter anymore. The last time I could remember in terms of my teenage years or my young adult life, this happening was in high school. And this was the most painful experience. I think this is the experience that really shut me down in terms of my relationships, not only with men in general, but my relationships with other women as well. I had two best friends in high school and I loved them to death. We went everywhere together. We were up to no damn good, just doing the most, always laughing with each other, always going to the beach, sometimes skipping school, sometimes. And you could ask anybody if we were going to be friends for the rest of our lives, and I promise you nobody would argue with you. So one of these friends was dating a much older guy, and she loved him to death. And we loved him to death. He was like a brother to us. And we were all very close. We all had a lot of respect for each other, or so I thought. And eventually things began to change. Their relationship sort of suffered. And we were still friends with this person. So we would see him out and, you know, still hang out with him. And it wasn't a problem for her at the time. In one incident... I ended up in a situation where I was alone with him. And of course, in that situation, I'm not thinking anything negative because this is my friend. This person is like my brother. So I'm not even thinking of what's about to happen. But to cut a long story short, that night I ended up being violated. And I was brokenhearted for a number of reasons. One, this thing, this this horrible, violent thing that I'm, I keep trying to run away from, that people keep doing to me, and that once I get to a place where I think it's over and I'm in control of my life and I think that nobody's going to harm me, somebody else who happens to be yet again in a position where I, I'm supposed to trust them once again violates me. To make it worse, this person is dating my best friend. So I don't know what to do at this point. I don't know what to say. I don't know who to tell. I tell my other best friend because I trust her with my life. And I think about the ways how I'm going to approach this. Is she going to get mad at me? Is she going to think that I'm lying? Is she going to think that I somehow brought this upon myself 
what's going to happen? But then I decide that no, we've had such a long friendship that this couldn't possibly happen to me. This person couldn't possibly give up on me in that way. So I tell her and she proceeds to flip out on this guy. And I think, okay, she stood up for me. We're good. This is my best friend. She believed me. This was the first time in my life where, one, I had been open about something that had happened to me immediately when it happened. And two, I was actually believed when I told someone. So I began to feel better. I began to feel like my words meant something. But a couple of months later, I ended up finding out through a mutual friend that even though she had presented to us that, you know, she was upset with this guy and that she believed me and that, you know, basically their situation was going to end. My best friend started dating her boyfriend again, like nothing had ever happened. And it was at that point where our friendship really began to suffer and eventually fell apart because I knew that I could never be put in a situation where I was around him again. Recently in the news, I saw a story about a girl who reported her roommate's boyfriend for physically violating her, for sexually assaulting her. And because she reported her roommate's boyfriend, the roommate and the boyfriend basically plotted to and succeeded in murdering this girl. And I remember seeing that story on the news and I was at work and my mood just changed entirely. I felt like I was going to fall apart. I felt sick to my stomach. And I wanted to go home and just lay in my bed and cry. And the reason for this was because I immediately remembered my own situation. And no, I'm not saying that at any point I ever felt like my former best friend and and her boyfriend were going to harm me. I just couldn't help but think about the fact that Someone that girl trusted, someone she was incredibly close friends with, chose the word of someone she was dating over their friendship and chose to violate her instead of believing her. Situations like this exist everywhere. They happen every day in the most minor and major ways. So it could be as big as this situation where this girl was murdered It could be somewhere in the middle where my friendship basically went to hell because I told the truth. Or it could be something as small as somebody questioning what was she wearing? What was she doing there? Why was she there? Why was she talking to that guy? In all of these situations, I've noticed that people rarely hold the person accountable who needs to be held accountable. It's always the person who had to deal with the trauma in the first place. Or if not that person, it's always another woman somewhere in the situation that everybody wants to blame. And don't get me wrong. I think the girl's roommate is hella wrong. And she's in prison, so she's going to get what she deserves. But people are rarely talking about the guy who assaulted her in the first place. Because people rarely talk about them. They rarely get the attention. And when they do, everybody suddenly wants us to wait and 
to see if there's evidence or they want us to be patient because we weren't there or they don't want us to destroy their reputation just yet or suddenly we want to talk about false rape accusations. And I always get so frustrated when that happens because that cycle, that conversation, that, oh, you guys don't know what happened. Oh, you need to wait. Oh, what if that's what keeps people like me silent? It causes us to question ourselves. It causes us to question the people around us. It causes us to lose trust for people, to lose trust for everything. As a result of my experience with sexual assault, I move a certain way now. When I leave a grocery store, I literally look both ways as I'm walking to my car and behind me as if I'm crossing a street with traffic on it, even if I'm just walking through a parking lot. When I get into my car, I look in the back seat. Even though my car was locked, I look in the back seat to make sure there's nobody back there. When I am in a room alone with somebody, especially a man, and it doesn't matter who it is, I keep my distance, a very far distance. I don't like being in a room alone with superiors, especially bosses, especially teachers, professors. I don't like it. I don't ever want to be put in a situation, especially if I'm already the subordinate in that situation where I feel like I have less power. I have a habit of wanting to be in control of things, where we're going, when we're traveling, what we're doing, where we're staying. Because if I have that control over that, I somehow feel safer. I don't really go to the gym if it's too dark outside or if I know that the gym is going to be completely empty. And if it is, I don't wear my headphones because I don't want anybody to sneak up on me. When I go jogging or walking, my keys are in my hand and the end of the key is sticking out between my fingers. When I wear certain things when I go out, I think twice about it. Even if I look great and I feel great in it, I think, well, what is another person going to think? about me wearing this? Is this too inviting? And I know it sounds terrible because obviously what I wear has nothing to do with me being violated. What time I go to the gym should not matter. I should still feel safe. I should be able to have a meeting with somebody without thinking, is this person going to touch me inappropriately? Are they going to put their hand on my thigh? Are they going to corner me? Are they going to say something inappropriate that I have no response to? This is what I think about all day, every day. Every time there's an article posted about assault, I always get nervous or anxious because I don't want to read it. I don't even want to read when it happens to somebody else, but mostly I don't want to read the comments. I don't want people to say, oh, women, you need to start being more careful. You need to not walk by yourself. You need to do this. You need to do that. It just seems like everybody has suggestions about how women should be more safe, how we should wear this and protect ourselves more and do this and do that. Like we have all of the damn prerequisites to keep ourselves safe and nobody is telling people not to rape us, not to assault us, not to corner us and make us feel uncomfortable, not to touch us where we don't want to be touched. I have yet to see somebody come online after something happens like this and say, hey, men, can you stop raping people? 
And it goes without saying that obviously men are not the only perpetrators of rape. Obviously women are not the only victims, but the difference is overwhelming. So I'm not going to apologize when I say things and direct it towards men in terms of this conversation. One thing that I am thankful for in terms of my journey with sexual assault and my journey through processing my own trauma has been one, I've unfortunately found a sisterhood in this process. I never wanted to, I never want to be able to relate to other women on this, but at the same time, I didn't want to have to go through it alone either. So sometimes it helps me when I meet somebody who's been through the same thing. And when we talk to each other about it and when we sort of identify the way that we felt and when we can relate on that level. Because I would much rather talk to a woman who's been through this and feel understood and not have to over explain everything I felt or everything I did or everything I didn't do in that moment to stop things from happening than for me to tell somebody who hasn't been through it and try to get them to understand. Another thing that I've been doing is taking the time to have these conversations with my male friends. My male friends have grown up in a world that's very different from mine, even though most of them have grown up on the same island or islands or at the same time period as I did. Their world is very different. All of the things that I just named in terms of the precautions that I take when I'm out, the things that I do, the things that I don't do, the things that I think about, I have male friends who've never had to think about those things. Even my boyfriend, when he goes for a run, he just goes for a run. He doesn't think about what time he should go because of how much daylight there is outside and who might be out there lurking or the fact that he might be taken because he doesn't see himself getting kidnapped on the news all the damn time. He just goes for a run. My male friends go to the grocery store and just get in the car. They don't look at the cars parked next to them. They don't sort of stop walking and walk a bit slower if it's a van instead of a regular car. Their experience is entirely different from mine. So I have to have these conversations with them. Not only because I need them to understand my perspective and the perspective of most women, But I also need them to think about the fact that if they have a daughter one day, the last thing your daughter wants to be thinking about is being a respectable woman and holding herself to a different standard than you. She just wants to be safe. A lot of people have conversations online about, to me, what I think is is just the stupidest shit. And it always seems like women have all these requirements about who we should be and what we should do and how we should live and how we should dress and how we should treat men. And the tier of of just where we have to be in terms of levels, like where we have to permanently reside in order to be considered good women is so high. Yet we're also out here being physically assaulted all the damn time sexually assaulted, we're being paid less, we're getting jobs at a lower frequency than men while having more education statistically and more qualifications. So with all of this happening, with all of the shit that women have to deal with, 
Well, with all of the things that I have to think about as a normal woman, and then throw on top of that being a sexual assault survivor and having that trauma basically controlling every thought that I have, you would think that people would be a little more fucking patient and understanding and trying a bit harder to make the world easier for us. So before I close out this episode, I just want you guys to think about something really important, and that's how to have conversations with your friends about rape and about sexual assault. Obviously, it's not easy for anybody to just open up and talk about it. It wasn't easy for me. I've literally recorded this episode like nine times, and I keep stopping because it's hard. I don't know if my thoughts have been organized. I don't know if I'm rambling. I don't know if I'm making good points. I just know that I need to talk about it because as much as we think that the conversation around sexual assault and things like Me Too and all these other movements, as much as we think that it might be dying down, it's not. Women are still being assaulted out here. And people are still online victim blaming and not willing to take accountability for the way that the world is and for the society that we're perpetuating, basically. I know that I don't contribute to rape culture, but I know people that do. And I've heard the conversations. And sometimes I check people and sometimes I have to protect myself. So if you can't relate on that level, if you're not a survivor of this sort of trauma, you need to understand that people like me need you as allies. Because when those conversations happen, I cannot put myself in harm's way every single time to check somebody for being ignorant in terms of rape. Because that brings me harm emotionally. So check your friends. Have these conversations just in general. Don't wait for something traumatic to happen. Don't wait for it to be the trending topic on social media. When is the last time you and your friends had a conversation about consent? Have you asked like your boys or your brothers what they think about it? Do you know what their mentality is in terms of rape? Do you question them on what yes means to them? Or when it's okay to have sexual relations with somebody? Or what they could be saying to women on the street that's making them uncomfortable? Do you check them when they say ignorant shit? Or do you just post memes about supporting survivors on Twitter and move on? As short as this episode is, I hope that it makes you think about these things. As a parent, as a sibling, as a friend, as a survivor... I want you to know that there is power in your trauma. And no, I'm not saying that the trauma had to happen to you to make you better. I definitely don't believe in that. But what I am saying is that there's power in your story. And every time you open your mouth to tell somebody about the time that this happened to you, you're opening a door for somebody else to talk about their own experience. If it hadn't been for women openly speaking online about the things that have happened to them, about being assaulted, about being raped, about being put in uncomfortable situations, I would have never had the strength to open my mouth to say something. And personally, I feel like I'm still sort of cowering in the corner. I have never identified 
the people who violated me by name. And sometimes I feel like I still can't because some of them are in close proximity to me still. And I'm trying to process that and find ways to move on. And for the most part, I'm okay because I'm safe. I found my safe space. I found my strength. I found my platform. But I know that for so many people, they're keeping that to themselves. And you don't owe anyone your story, but you owe it to yourself to find a way to get through the trauma. So let me be that safe space for you. Let this podcast be that safe space for you. If you have never told anyone your story and you just need to, my email is there for you. My social media messages are there for you. I'm not a great person to talk to on the phone, I promise you, but I'm a good texter and I write really well. So I know that this was heavy and I know that this was quick, but I want to thank you guys for listening. And I want to continue this conversation, which is why this is a mini-sode and not a full episode. If you have a story to share when it comes to sexual assault, if you have thoughts to share on it, I would like you to email me at gyalmeetsworld at gmail.com. Now, there's no guarantee that I will respond because there's a chance that somebody is going to email me some stupid shit. So just know that if I feel that this is a powerful conversation that you and I can continue on the podcast, we will. But I'm also protecting myself and protecting my listeners. So I will meet you guys right back here next week. Next week's episode is going to be on a different topic. We are going to have a guest on next week's episode. So look out for that sometime this Friday for me to tell you guys who the guest is. In the meantime, don't forget to show this podcast some love. Share it on social media. Tag me in your thoughts. And I will talk to you guys soon. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kicking It family. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash Good Up Podcast. 